There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, and too rare to die. Welcome to episode 82 of the Digital Freemason Podcast for the week of March 31st, 2008. I'm your host, Scott, and I'll be taking you along on my excellent ventures through the world of short sonic educational papers. As always, this and all other episodes are available at the website www.thedigitalfreemason.com. I encourage you to swing by and take a look at it. Um, so, following up on last week's episode, which dealt uh, primarily with uh, the privilege of lodge, lodge visitation and how we should all be taking care of that, this one comes uh, from our right wishful brother uh, Lou King, who is a uh, Deputy Grand Master of the Phoenix, My Phoenix District, as well as as Master of the King George Lodge. And this one is about Lodge etiquette. So if you are going to go and visit, some of the things that you need to do or need to keep in mind, just to make sure that it keeps the decorum of what it is that we're doing in Lodge. Up and sort of to snuff, as he, uh, his wishful uh, brother King says, it's those little bits that you do that just don't seem like you're cutting corners and then at the end of the day it becomes habit and then you start cutting corners on those habits and things just start to degenerate. And I know I'm a big uh, big proponent of making sure that things are crisp and clean and when you're perambulating around the lodge, square the corners and fellows all start to, at the same time to take a step. Everyone starts on the left foot, everyone turns at the same time. Just something about that just makes you glad to be there and I know that that's not all that Freemasonry is about but just the little things just help personify what it is that we're trying to do with our, I guess with our morals and so we stand upright and our feet in front of the square and all those things that it symbolizes. So here is Great Worshipful Brother King's piece on Lodge Etiquette. As part of the ever-increasing busy lives we lead it's easy to take a path of least resistance. And the slippery slope, which starts as cutting corners, quickly becomes habit and then leads to the norm. This doesn't make it pro correct, just improper standards. You know, constant care must be exercised to ensure that etiquette is maintained before, during, and after lodge meetings. You know, all too often it's been heard in lodge when a brother is addressed as Worshipful Smith or Right Worshipful Smith. This is totally incorrect. As you know, the most important part of the address is brother. If we lose the title of brother in our addresses, then we have lost everything as it is the basis on which masonry is predicated. The master and the wardens, you know, they need to be setting the example for the rest of the lodge to follow, and it is their lead that the new members will be following. Further, the officials of the Grand Lodge have a distinct way of being addressed. For example, in the introducing the Grand Master, or the District Deputy Grand Master, it should be the Most Worshipful, the Grand Master, or the Most Worshipful, the Grand Master, Most Worshipful Brother Smith, or the Most Worshipful, the Grand Master of the Grand Lodge of Alberta, Most Worshipful Brother Smith, or the Right Worshipful District Deputy Grand Master of Phoenix District, Right Worshipful Brother Smith. This can be followed by, on his official visit, or if not an official, official visit, just then, on his visit. All announcements should be clear, distinct, and not rushed. Review the ritual with all the officers, 
as to the proper way to receive Grand Lodge officers and execute the Grand Honours. If all else fails, it is totally proper to address anyone by the title Brother, eliminating all tile titles, unless on official business. When a past master or other member of a high rank, active or past rank enters a lodge after it has been opened, it is a Masonic courtesy that the master will call up the lodge. It is only right and proper that his position be recognized. It is used, it used to be that when a lodge was invited to visit, they were escorted into the lodge by the director of ceremonies and an experienced past master of that lodge. They would then be escorted to the altar where they would be given grand honors three times. It added a nice and classy touch and showed the appreciation of the lodge for their visit. The practice, too, should not be abandoned for the sake of convenience of time. Visitation is a right and a privilege and should be treated as such by the host lodge. Too many times I've seen a visiting brother left outside to his own devices in the outer precincts of the lodge before a meeting. No brother should ever be left to his own devices as he may never come back, and worse yet, he may tell other Masonic friends that he should not visit there, as it was a very cold lodge, not friendly to visitors. A caring lodge will ensure that he is greeted warmly, introduced around, and that he is seated with and under the care of a member of the host lodge, both upstairs and downstairs. In my estimation, the master should greet the visitor of the lodge, and one of the best that I have seen is when the visitor is being introduced to the lodge at the altar, and then the master and wardens advance to him and shake his hand and welcome to his temporary Masonic home. It is the master's prerogative to invite any visitor to sit with him in the East, past master or not, especially if the visitor is from far away. Some lodges still use a visiting card that he may take back with him to his mother lodge. This extends fraternal greetings to other Masonic lodges and makes a nice keepsake for him. The master and his wardens should be in the foyer to visit with the members and visitors, not running around at the last minute taking care of business. This should have been done long before. A lodge is a people place and a venue to meet and visit friends. Far too many meetings are only reoccurring business the same time after time. The master should not be afraid to have the minutes confirmed and something of interest put in his in its stead. Here I'm talking about particularly Masonic education. This education can take on many forms, such as papers, discussions, partial exemplifications, speakers, that sort of thing. Make it varied, make it different, but most importantly, make it often. Just remember the length should be where the backside can stand. 10 to 15 minutes is ample, and a variety of interests yields a steady attendance and an active, interested membership. A general rule of thumb should be that for every hour of time spent upstairs, there should be an hour downstairs for the members to visit. Too often the meeting drags on, leaving precious little time for social hour. If you wonder why fewer members and visitors go downstairs, look at what time your lodge is closed, and then you will know. Everyone has family to, to be with, a loving wife at home, and a job the next day. Getting home at 11 or 11.30 at night or later just doesn't cut it. It is in my mind the height of a discourtesy to place member or visitors in conflict with his public and private avocations. Could this be one reason why attendance and visitation is not as strong as we would wish it to be? One last point to consider in this is the, air, is the number of candidates that a lodge processes at a time. You know, I've seen third degrees where five candidates were given the ceremony at one time. 
It was 11.45 before the lodge was closed down, and then it was, there was festivities downstairs. Hmm, I wonder what time they got home. Is it better to have one or two candidates at a time, considering the time commitment? A balloting belongs to the master of the lodge, and the senior deacon is in charge of it for him. He should not surrender the ballot box to anyone but the master. When he goes to the wardens to have the box inspected, he must keep his hand on the ballot box, and thereby in control. At the altar he is on guard, so to speak, but in the east he surrenders the box to the worshipful master. In some lodges it is accepted practice that when the members of the lodge rise to attend to the ballot, the visitor seated in that area will rise and salute the worshipful master, addressing the chair, worshipful master. This shows respect to the host lodge for the serious task they are performing and the solemnity of the occasion. All officers and members should walk with dignity and purpose. All too often it is apparent or, or it appears that the members on the floor don't know where they are going and not sure of what they are going to be doing. Walk with dignity and pride, even if you don't know what you're doing. At least it looks good. In processing around the lodge, the senior members should always be on the right, that is, with the senior member nearest the altar. The rules of precedence are, in the order of the procession, and it's best to check with the Grand Lodge rules. But in general, the junior members should always be at the front, followed by the officers, then the past masters, and behind them the past Grand Lodge officers, with the master of the lodge at the rear. Always remember, the end of the line is a place of honor. The place of honor applies not only here, but in, uh, also in the order of speaking. After the master has spoken, it is not proper for anyone else to speak except the visiting Grand Lodge officer. As an example, on the official visit of the District Deputy Grand Master, after he has addressed the lodge, and he, at the end of the meeting, no one else may be able to speak again, not even the master of the lodge. It is improper Masonic etiquette to do so. All members should respect and abide by the standards set by the lodge for dress. In some lodges, it is expected that all members should arrive in business suits. This applies to all the members and the visitors. Other lodges have set the standard at tuxedo for all meetings. The visitors then would follow suit if they wished, but then would fall back to the next standard of dress, that being the business suit. It is proper etiquette to follow the standards of the entire group. Now here's some general points. The worshipful, worshipful master should at all times be addressed as worshipful master. Never is he referred to as sitting worshipful master. He is the worshipful master, or at a stretch, the current worshipful master. The worst worshipful master should return all salutes. During a lodge, the officers should be addressed by their rank and title of office. For example, brother, seeker, senior deacon. Members of the lodge are called brethren not brothers. At all times, the lodge brethren should be addressed by their rank and surname. The officers do not surrender their collars of their office to anyone at any time for any reason. The worshipful master and his officers should arrive well before the time of the opening of the lodge in order to ensure that everything may be ready and in order to greet the brethren. Brethren who are summoned or invited to attend lodge at a specific hour will exhibit the best etiquette if they are on time. The lodge should be opened promptly at the hour specified. The worshipful master should arrange his schedule of business so that visitors may be received within one half hour after the scheduled time of opening, 
it is scant hospitality to keep visitors waiting in the anteroom. Meetings should be organized and conducted with expedience so that the brethren can get home at a reasonable hour. A brother who wishes to address the lodge should rise, salute the worshipful master, and wait for the worshipful master to recognize him by returning the salute before beginning to speak. All remarks are addressed by courtesy of the worshipful master. Motions should be made and seconded promptly. Two brethren should not attempt to speak at once, nor should one interrupt the other. Interruption is the prerogative of the worship master alone. It is extremely discourteous for members or visitors to engage in private conversations while business and ceremonies are being conducted. Details of business should be discussed to the extent that is needful. It is improper before an election to speak in the body of a lodge or outside the lodge for or against any candidate. It is also improper to politic for any candidate in any Masonic election. And lastly, it is highly improper for anyone to reveal how he balloted or to ask anyone else how he balloted. The ballot is always secret. So that's right, Worshipful Brother King's piece on Lodge Etiquette and some of his thoughts, and I concur with them. I think that it's important for all of us to realize that we are portraying to the other members of our lodge and to all the visitors what it is that our lodge is about and in turn what it is that we are about and this is especially true to the new brothers that are coming in and if every time that we have another generation of masons coming in and each one of us sort of takes corner off the uh, the perfect ashlar of our ritual work and the way that we progress through lodge then at the end of, the end of uh, a few few generations then we don't have ourselves a perfect adler and uh, we've gotten sloppy so think about that next time when you're uh, sitting in lodge and you're moralizing on the rough and smooth ashler and stop and think about whether you or your lodge are more smooth or more rough as an ashler so until next week hopefully i've been uh, scott and i've enjoyed our time together then so, be sure to check out um Again, the website, uh, thedigitalfreemason.com. Email me at podcast at thedigitalfreemason.com. And be sure to keep the shiny side up.